Hello and welcome <laughs> to the first brick property podcast milestone episode 10. Woo-hoo. You may or may not have noticed that KM didn't open the show today. It was a bit of a subpar introduction and uh, that's because KM's regular bearded co-host opened the show today. And here I have with me KM from First Big Property. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. Yourself? That was a that was a wonderful opening. Um, subpar, subpar. I'm not sure if you're taking the Mickey out of my hello. <laughs> the way I do things, we're gonna have to change things up from next week. Um, but yeah, not too bad. Just in uh, isolation. Yourself? Yeah. How are you? How are you coping with that? Uh, back starting to get a bit tired and hurt. Been at the physio all day today. Oh, really? Yeah, trying to fix that up. But, you know, giving us time to work on other aspects of the business and continue to build our relationships with our property managers, our real estate agents and brokers and whatnot. So oh, we're doing all right. How's, uh, how's your life going? Pretty good. How's uh, the kids? A, yeah, everyone's well. <laughs> yeah. The big exciting announcement today was a documentary that's coming out in about three weeks oh, yeah. on Michael Jordan, The Last oh, nice. Dance. Nice. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, cool. Yeah. If, uh, if anyone wants to send Henny a gift, just make a Michael Jordan related. He'll appreciate it. 100%. Um, that's cool. Like you mentioned, we have reached the milestone episode, episode 10. Yep. Um, that is a milestone for us. We, yeah. When we started, we were like, yeah, we don't get past proper episode yeah. one. <laughs> Actually, episode one, you didn't even join me. I remember. Uh, are we still talking about yeah, that? Yeah, still talking about that. Um, so, milestone episode, Henny opened... Uh, you would have also heard right at the start, we've got a new intro music um, to the podcast. Yeah. So we had some people say, change it up. They don't want to hear some auctioneer yelling. Yeah, I've uh, only been saying that for about 10 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've got someone to professionally uh, make some music and change it up. So all things happening on the property, First Big Property Podcast. So today, I guess being a milestone episode, it's all about the people. And as such, we have a Q&A episode lined up for our listeners. Um, so a big thank you to everyone who sent in questions. We will try and get through as many as possible. Uh, if your question wasn't answered today, uh, it's on the list, and we'll get to uh, hopefully on the next Q&A episode. Should we just dive straight into it? Yeah. All right. Do you want to hit us up with the first yeah. question? So our first question comes from Mark G. Does the cooling off period apply to vendors? It's a good question, Mark. Um, simply no, it does not. Um, we'll start real quickly at the top of anyone's unsure what a cooling off period is. Yeah. Um, when you've agreed on a contract, on a, on a purchase price, a, the, the buy and the seller exchange contracts, mm-hmm. and then you go into what is called the cooling off period. Yep. And the cooling off period is literally gives you some time to cool off. So sometimes you buy a property... Uh, you know, you get a bit emotional about it, you're heated, you're keen to buy it, um, you put the offer in, and then three hours later, you're like, that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have bought that one. <laughs> Something else comes up, whatever. Yeah. Um, standard cooling off period in most states and territories is five days, um, business yeah. days. So that can be negotiated as well. Yeah. Um, and essentially what happens is within that cooling off period, if you decide you don't want to buy the house anymore, you just say, I don't want to buy a house anymore. You tell yep. your solicitor and you pull out and you have, there's no penalties really. You, yep. you might lose your 0.25% deposit, which is usually a grand, two grand, something like that. Yeah. But that's it. So yep. it gives you that chance to, to drop out for whatever reason if you need to. 
The important thing is to keep in mind, though, with the cooling off period, is that it works a little bit differently for auctions. Correct. So in um, most cases, I believe, yeah. um, with an auction, you don't get the cooling off period. So Correct. once you've once you've become the highest bidder and you've won the property, you owe the ten percent immediately. Yes. Yeah. So auction conditions is different. Uh, good point, Henny. So as soon as you buy it, you can't cool off. You are, you better be ready to go. Uh, so good question. But in terms of the sellers, so um, no, no cooling off period. Yeah. Um, actually, for the sellers, you have twenty four. The only time you can really pull it out without any fees as a seller, you have twenty four hours from when you signed your sales agency agreement with the actual real estate agent. Yeah. Um, that's to pull out of trying to sell your property at all. Once okay. that's gone, you you're kind of going to sell your property yep. pretty much. Um, question two is from Simon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a question we've been getting quite a quite a few, uh, quite a few times this few weeks. Is it smart to buy in these unprecedented times as we are in uncharted waters? It's a very um, descriptive <laughs> question, Simon. Um, yeah, listen to the last two episodes of the podcast, yeah. pretty much. No, but what do you what do you reckon, Henny? Yeah, definitely, we are definitely in uncharted waters. Yeah, um, but this question comes up a lot yeah. uh, at different points in time. And not just about the the what's going on at this point in time when you come to buy a property, but generally, when is a good time to buy a property? And the answer is always, you know, it's based on your own circumstance. Are you ready to buy a property or are you not? So, obviously, you need to take into account the current economy and, and the property market and things that are happening now. But at the end of the day, if you're ready to buy a property... Um, that's the main thing that you should be looking at. Consider what your options are uh, based on the current market. Um, but it's if you're not ready to buy a property and you think, no, now's a good time to buy a property because, you know, things might be, the economy might be dropping a little bit or house prices might be going up or down. If you're still not ready to buy a property, regardless of whether it's a good time or not, you're not ready to buy a property. Mm. So don't buy a property. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think what what I always say, or and what we, you know, firmly believe in at first brick is the best time to buy is when you're ready. Yeah, exactly what you've been saying. Um, similar to what we've been talking on the last two episodes, um, the last two episodes, the, the last two Corona casts, uh, essentially, the fundamentals of property remain the same. Yeah, always they don't really change. Um, and you don't buy property to make money in the next three months, six months, 12 months, if you're looking at just a buy and hold. Yeah. Obviously, if you're looking to buy and renovate, timing is more important, or if you're doing development, that's all different. But if you're looking to just buy and hold, um, it's a long-term investment. Yeah. So what's happening now, what's happened in the last three months or three weeks, or three days, is completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the news today, foolishly, because <laughs> I don't usually watch the news in the media, um, but you know they were you know mentioning house prices correcting and yeah, um, and the words were throwing around. I'm not going to use certain words, but they were throwing around some words, and yeah. it, it happens every single time there's an event. Yeah, of course. Um, 9/11, GFC, the Great Depression. <laughs> you can go back to as far back as you want. Whenever there's an event, yeah, Australians love to talk property. And it's yeah. always in the media. It's always in the news. Are we booming? Are we are we crashing? It's never is the market just stable. So yeah, um, don't listen to that stuff. 
and if you like you said Henny if, if the person if you're ready Simon to purchase for the long term um, it's kind of irrelevant as yeah. long as you've got a stable job stable income and you've got buffer zones just in case something happens yeah go for it and the last thing I'd like to add to that is you can still buy the right or the wrong property yeah. assuming there is a correct time to buy which I we, we don't think there is it just depends on your circumstance but let's say this was the perfect time to buy because of COVID. You can still buy the wrong property. Correct. So you still need to engage someone like First Brick Buyers Agency. Thanks for the plug. To, <laughs> to find a good property. Yeah. So that's another important thing. You need to be ready and you still need to buy the right property. You can't just buy any old property uh, just because someone said, oh, now's a good time to buy. Yeah, for sure. Um, our next question comes from you. Well, that's a bit of a deep and meaningful question, so we might leave that for another episode. <laughs> um, next question comes from Bailey Hodge. Thanks for sending your question, Bailey. I have been listening to your podcast and they've been really helpful. I'm looking to buy my first property this year. I was wondering if you could provide more information about buying a property and then renting out a room to help pay for mortgage. I will live in the property for a while, but I'd want someone else to help pay for it. I want to get a loan as a homeowner. But if I rent out the room, will that classify me as an investor and or impact my tax? Any information on this would be greatly appreciated. It's a great question. Firstly, thanks for sending that in. And secondly, congratulations on looking to buy your first property. Yep. We'll pass this question off to taxman Hanny. Yeah. Can you shed some light yeah, to of course. Bailey? That is a great question. Um, and there is a few things to it. Um, so if you do rent out that one room, uh, any rent that you receive will generally be regarded as accessible income by the ATO. So you will have to declare that money that you receive as rental income. That does, however, mean you are able to claim a portion of your expenses for the property um, relative to the rental income that you receive. So let's say the room that you rent out makes, out, makes up about 30% of the property then you can claim 30% of your expenses, your interest deductions on your mortgage repayments, uh, re any repairs and maintenance strata, if there's any council rates, water rates, all of that, um, you'll be able to claim an, uh, a portion of it. Uh, you'd also be able to get a depreciation report and claim 30% of the depreciation expenses as well. More importantly, however, if you do do this, you have to keep in mind that even though this is your owner-occupied property, and generally, when you sell this kind of property, you get you don't have to pay capital gains tax because of the main residence exemption. In this situation, however, you will most likely pay capital gains tax on the portion of the property that you rented out. So you would still need to do a CGT calculation at the time of sale, um, and you would and if it's let's say it's that thirty percent example, you'll be liable for thirty percent CGT on that property. Having said all this, however, um, going back to the first part of your question, you, it might be able to help you getting a loan um, with regards to your serviceability. If you do rent out a room, you may be able to claim additional rental income as part of your income um, to help with your serviceability, but you'd probably need to speak to a mortgage broker or the banks about that um, just to see what your options are and, and how you can use that to your advantage. So there is a bit... To it yeah. um, definitely do maybe a cost benefit analysis and some uh, some f uh, forecast you know potential tax bill or potential CGT 
and just work out whether or not that's worth it for you. And definitely, like we always say, speak to your accountant or your financial advisor yeah. um, so they can assist you with yeah. that. Yeah, just general advice yeah. um, here. I'll, I'll add to that as well with regards to the, with the actual loan um, because if you're just buying it as a place to live to start with, yeah. um, your loan will be obviously an owner-occupier loan. And this being your first property, you'll have benefits such as the first time buyer's grant, the stem duty exemption. You might yeah. be able to get the assistance scheme, the 5% deposit. Um, and then that may, that may change the way your loan is structured. Um, but once you start renting out a room, um, like Kenny said, your income has to be reported and whatnot. Yep. Um, but that, you have to speak to the broker to find out exactly which loan is best suitable for you. Um, but if you if you're struggling with that, feel free to contact us. You know where to find us. We can put you in contact with um, great brokers and a great financial advisor who can do all the financial modeling and whatnot for you. Hundred um, percent. And then we can help you find the property. So um, Bailey, if you're listening, for this for sending a great question, um, <laughs> if you go if you if you want any help, give us a ring and we'll give you a special. Uh, Q&A milestone episode discount just for, <laughs> just for sending in a great episode so that's what happens when you send in a good question yeah. um, so next question yeah the next question we've received is from Daniel um, and he said I understand that property is a solid investment to make money but what is the end goal when do you stop buying what are you really trying to achieve it's a deep question Daniel pretty deep yeah <laughs> I guess what what's the end goal? Um, what's your end goal? That's that's the answer to your question. So a lot of people, it's actually a really good question because a lot of people do purchase property and then buy the next one and buy the next one and buy the next one, and they keep buying and they think, well, when do I stop and where where am I going with this? Um, so we always say start with the end in mind. Um, have your end goal at the forefront of your strategy, and that's really important as well to have your end goal. Um, already known so that you can develop your strategy because depending on your goal you might be looking at yield properties or growth properties or a mixture of both so it's important to know what your goal is if your goal is to live off rent you need to work out how much rent you need to to live yeah so a lot of people like to have a goal of a hundred thousand a year passive income from rent or fifty thousand whatever that number is if it's a hundred thousand let's say that you're looking at about $2.5 million in assets, in property, paid off property, at 5% yield plus holding costs, um, maintenance, whatnot. You're going to get about hundred grand a year. So that's how you kind of work out what you're trying to achieve through property, how to get there. So you need to know what your end goal is first. Um, if your end goal is to you know buy a bunch of property, uh, see the value of them all increase, sell them all, pay your CGT and then have a huge lump sum amount in your bank and then travel the world and live your life off it. Yeah. That's cool. You just need to know what your end goal is. So definitely correct that property is a solid investment. Um, and you're definitely on the, you know, asking the right questions by saying, when do you stop buying and what are we trying to achieve? But that really comes down to what you want yeah. um, out of property. And yeah, keep yeah. in mind as well that, um, you know, while you're on this journey, of uh, of property acquisitions, your end goal might change. Yeah. You know, you might decide that you 
you've purchased enough property and you've got a big enough portfolio and maybe you'd like to try your hand at developing something. Um, so you might that might end up being your goal. You might want to keep purchasing more property until you find something that you can develop, for instance. So definitely everything that KM said is correct. You need to start with the end goal in mind. Keep in mind that your your end goal may change and you may end up working towards something that's a little bit different. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So again, Daniel, if you are listening to this um, and you just heard us answer your question, you're thinking, uh, I'm not really sure where to go with this, contact us and we're happy to give you a hand. And for sending a great question, we'll also give you the same discount <laughs> that Bailey's going to get when she calls us. And time for one more, you reckon? Yeah, one more. And one more. Uh, I'm just having a look at this question. You're going to have to offer an even bigger discount for this one because this <laughs> is a cracker of a question. Yep. And I'm going to ask it so you can answer it. <laughs> And this Go one's coming from Sammy. Thank you, Sammy, for this great question. <laughs> uh, since we can't get landlord insurance now, how dangerous is it buying at the moment? It's a very good question, Sammy. Um, just to put some context to this, anyone thinking why can't we get landlord insurance at the moment? Yeah. Um, due to COVID-19, coronavirus, um, and due to some government stimulation and packages and whatnot, trying to help. Uh, tenants yeah because landlord insurance more particularly the tenant side of it where they re- where they help you make um, where they pay your rent yeah. your tenant defaults um, because they're getting kind of pumped at the moment with a lot of requests yeah. for this because the government has just said you can't really kick out your tenant if they're not paying for a period of time yeah they have currently stopped allowing any new yeah applications for landlord insurance. Yeah. So to add further context to yeah. that, if you had landlord insurance and your tenant couldn't pay the rent, for instance, basically what you would do is you would evict them and then you'd be able to claim um, for any rental loss yeah. as through your landlord insurance. And obviously now the insurers are a little worried because you can be in a situation where your tenant isn't paying rent, you can't kick them out, you can't get new tenants. And I think that embargo is on for about six months, yeah, I believe. Six months. Um, and that's probably enough to send some of these insurers broke. Yeah. Yeah. So for that, that's why um, Sammy is messaging us saying, well, what do I do or how dangerous is it since we can't get their loan insurance? Um, just if anyone's curious, building and contents insurance is unaffected, you can still go get that. Yep. Um, how dangerous is it? So I've did a lot of calling around today and digging to try and find an answer to this. Um, I do believe some uh, insurance companies, uh, EBM and a couple others, are still accepting new applicants, but they have to go through your property manager. So if I call them personally, they're not accepting any more um, policies. But if I call my property manager, that I'm going to get to take over my property Yes. and I get him to call them, they will accept them. Not all okay. companies, but there are some. So you're going to have to get your Sam, you're going to have to call your property manager yep. and get him to give people a ring um, and see which one's going to accept you. The other thing that I've found is if you go through an insurance broker, yep. they have preference and, they are, and the insurance companies are still allowing people that go for an insurance broker to get these policies. Okay. So I think the reason 
that these insurance companies are doing that to make sure, firstly, there's no fraudulent activity happening and no one's really taking advantage of yep. this situation. So you're going through a third party to get to them. Yeah. Um, is making it really like transparent. Yeah. Um, but to answer the next part of your question, how dangerous is it buying at the moment? Um, look, even with your landlord insurance, <laughs> you might not get any assistance, right? We know how insurance works. Yeah. Um, and this is a call to any insurance company listening. If you want to jump on the podcast and do an interview <laughs> with us, we'll happily, we'll happily take you on board. Um, Sometimes it's hard to get insurance payments, even if it's valid. Yeah. Um, so how dangerous is it? I would say, obviously, you want to have it in place, especially if you're an investor. Um, but if you've just purchased and you're just looking to get it, your property manager should be really finding your tenant that has a secure income, secure yeah. job. And right now, you're probably in a position where you, your property manager will be able to, I guess, sift through all the applicants to really find the one that will definitely be able to pay you. Yes. Um, and maybe might offer a discount for the next few months or whatever to get the really good tenants in your property. Yeah. And that's just to try and lower the risk of, I guess, tenant default. Yeah. The other side to it is if you don't have a tenant in there and you wait six months to try and, you know, until the embargo goes, then you buy insurance, then you get a tenant you've received zero rent anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not an ideal situation at all. Um, but as Simon mentioned earlier, <laughs> these are uncharted waters, uncertain times, and kind of have to work a little bit around it. So get yourself a really good property manager, I yep. would say. Um, and you're in a position where you can get a really good tenant. I mean, it might be unlikely that you get a new tenant with all their history and they know that they're a solid income, solid job. And then one week later, they say, I'm not paying anymore. Yeah. Um, you never know though. Um, but if you can get a solid tenant and then they are doing a bit of, you know, saying they can't pay rent for a period of time, I guess it's essentially the same if you were waiting anyway. So, but at least this way you have a tenant ready to go after. Yeah. It's not ideal. Um, yeah. But I think that's it. But first speak to your property manager or go for an insurance broker to try and get insurance. Yeah. So it's not an impossible situation. You just yeah. need to do some work. Yeah, there's a bit of work around it yeah. rather than just jumping on Google and yeah. doing a quick quote and signing up um, in two seconds. Anything to add to that one? No, nah, I think that's it. Pretty good answer, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sammy, if you need help with that, we're happy to help um, connect you with the right people as well. So feel free to give us a buzz. And like Kenny said, we'll give you a... Uh, we'll give you a episode 10 discount. Um, for crack a discount. Send you a question. <laughs> crack a discount. Cool. That's a wrap for our milestone episode 10, first Q&A episode ever. Yeah. Hope your questions got answered. If you didn't get, if they didn't get answered, we'll get them on the next Q&A episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it at home. Thank you, Henny, as always. Uh, thanks. For thanks for letting me do the introduction. No, anytime. We'll put up a poll on our um, <laughs> on our socials if people want Henny to do the to do the um, intros <laughs> or myself, and we'll put up the results. And we'll see how we go. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, you can find a lot of our content on our socials: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, etc. Just search First Brick Property. If you have any questions you would like discussed, such as what we did today um on a q a episode please send us a message at, to hello at firstbrick.com.au or shoot us a message on our social platforms 
If you enjoyed the episode, we'd love a review. This helps us get up higher in the charts and allows more people to find us and listen and learn. So please send us those five-star reviews um, and pass the pod. Let one person know that you think would benefit from our podcast and let them listen to it and let them keep passing it on. So pass the pod movement. Buying property is our passion. Helping you do it is our mission. Thanks, guys. See ya.